Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. And now I want our intro. Dear listeners, here are your fantastic hosts, Sumi and Samya. Welcome back. It's your favorite hosts, Sumi and Samya. Say hi, Samya. Hi. It's so good to have you back or actually to have people listening to us. And thank you for all of your feedback that we've been receiving lately. It's been really nice. Thank you so much, you guys. So, Samya. Yeah, Sumi. We have quite an interesting... I mean, we thought about a pretty interesting topic. Actually, you thought about a very interesting topic. I'm just introducing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, we were thinking of putting on display what was it like to grow up um, as Muslims. In our respective countries, Holland for Samia, Italy for me, aka Sumi. So Samia, describe your childhood for our audience, please. <laughs> let's not describe my childhood. Let's describe let's describe the Muslim population in my country. So the main two groups of Muslims in Holland are Turkish people and Moroccan people. Because after the Second World War, Holland wanted people to work in factories. So they made a deal with Morocco and then loads of able-bodied men came over to Holland and started working in the factories with the idea that they would eventually leave and go back to Morocco. But they didn't. They brought their wives from Morocco, had kids, kids grew up in Holland. And so the Muslim population in Holland grew because the amount of Turkish and Moroccan people grew. And so to me, it's very interesting uh, when people talk about being a Muslim in Europe, because not every single country has the same Muslim immigrant population. That's incredibly true. For example, when I lived in, yeah, when I lived in England, mm-hmm. there's loads of South Asian Muslims, and there's a really, really tiny, tiny group in Holland of South Asian descent. So to me, a Muslim was Moroccan or Turkish. Mm-hmm. And then later on in life, when I went to travel and when I went to read and stuff like that, because in when I was born, I didn't have access to the internet. Um, now I've grown older. I've gone, oh my God, there's so many different Muslim groups. I did not know. I thought all Muslims were Moroccan or Turkish. <laughs> so Sumi, how is that in Italy? Yeah, um, I can, yeah, I can say, I can, I can tell a pretty similar story. Um, in Italy, the majority of Muslim population is of Arab descent. Uh, mostly from North Africa, but also from the Middle East. Recently, I started... Um, I think the population from South Asia started growing as well, and the Turkish one. But still, it's little compared to the population of Arab descent. And so, for a long time, I wrongly thought that, you know, Muslims were Arab and Arab were Muslims, I guess. Yeah. And then... Travel happened and, as you said, going to England and seeing that upside, I mean, upside <laughs> down, um, where like you're the minority within the Muslims, like Arab speaking people and um, South Asians being way more. And then going to Germany, where like to Germans, Turkish, I'm Muslim, are, are the only Muslims. And then, yeah. And when you say you're Muslim and they see a Muslim, they think you're Turkish. It's also very interesting when you travel as a Muslim person or anyway, as a person that wears the scarf, because people don't really see you as a tourist. They see you as a 
immigrant with a headscarf. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was always very aware of my English because the last thing people think is that we are Italian and Dutch tourists. They think we are a Muslim immigrant. So it's really funny when we travel, you know, when we explain to people, oh, yeah, I'm from Holland or I'm from Italy. They go, no, you're not. Where are you really from? And I'm like, no, what? what? <laughs> no, even where are you really from? It's like, where are you from from? Yeah, from from. Where are your parents from? <laughs> and it's like, what? What is that question? Or where are you from from? Where are you from from? Yeah. Or like, you know, um, when you're traveling within Europe and then you're at the cash- you're buying something and you're at the cashier register and they tell you, we have tax free here. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> doesn't count for EU citizens. And you're like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're an EU what? citizen? You, you're, yeah, yeah. Where from? It doesn't count if you're living in the EU or a EU citizen. Um, fun times. It's always fun when people try to guess your ethnicity. It's just funny. Like it's a game, it's a game for people, yeah. Because representation, uh, representation for black Muslims as well is like, it's so important that we see more black people, black Muslim people in media... Uh, a very prominent Dutch politician uh, where I'm from, she's black and wears a hijab and people were so confused they were like, you're either black or you wear hijab you can't be both, and I'm like, that's ridiculous but it's too much for some people you you can either be uh, Muslim or you can be black, you can't be both just like you can't be gay and Muslim you can't be black and gay, like it's it's a weird thing you can only have one minority and that's it you know, I studied this from like a sociological point of view. Like I remember my lecturer in in university um, when I was doing when I was doing my bachelor um, because of a subject that I took, and he literally said before like talking about a certain cultural change. Disclaimer: Islam is not an ethnicity. So there are Muslims of different ethnicities. Yeah. Before I blow your mind. Yeah. It's like it's, it's a, a religion. religion. So that means it's, you know, yeah. a construct of ideas, which means different people of different ethnicities of different parts of the world might agree. Can to be Muslim. Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. I still remember it. That's so funny. A friend of mine, uh, she has an amazing Instagram account, uh, Dahlia Skincare. She her babies have blue eyes and blonde hair, uh-huh. and then people will come up to her and go did you adopt them? <gasps> and it's so sad that people ask her that question. Because if you if you think Muslims can't have blonde hair and blue eyes, go to Bosnia. You will your mind will be blown away. It's amazing. Muslims can come in any size, any colour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that happens also to mixed racial couples. Like I have um a friend of mine that she used to tell me because you know her mom is Congolese and her um, dad is Italian. She used to tell me that uh, people sometimes thought that he adopted them. Yeah, Ugh. there's Japanese Muslims, there's Chinese, Korean, so many. Like again, Islam is a religion and not a not an ethnicity. However, uh, having said that, culture or country of origin has a big influence in what kind of Islam you follow mm-hmm. of course there's only people will tell you there's only one islam and there's just you know quran and, and sunnah and we're not talking about that we're just talking about the tiny things for example in holland uh everyone has their own like cultural haram and halal scale mm-hmm. so in islam mm-hmm. it's very clear what's haram and halal but like culturally some people will think one thing is 
worse than the other. For example, in Holland, we have loads of shisha lounges. It is not allowed to smoke shisha. But, you know, people are like, eh, it's part of the culture, whatever. I lived in Germany pretty recently and, like, shisha was just, you know, something you would do in your free time and everyone would do it. Everywhere. You know? Yeah, so if you can give an example of in Italy, like what is more haram and what is more halal culturally? Culturally. I never noticed this stuff much, but I think like um, like skinny jeans, like how <laughs> how wide your trousers are. There's like a, a scale of yeah. what it's haram and what it's halal. And when something, a, a, a specific pair of trousers can be halalized, like if you wear something longer underneath or like leggings, this kind yeah, of like stuff. a tunic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Depending on what you're wearing, it could be halal or haram, but it depends on how you wear it. And what else? Um, I also noticed that um, about you said, I think you mentioned about like wrapping your scarf. You know, there are people that wear a um, undercap and people who don't. And that's mm-hmm. also shows like a cultural um, ratio of haram and halal. Um, And this, yeah, yeah, it's just like tiny little things. Yeah, exactly. That's just tiny little thing. Um, If, you know, showing your I was watching Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. I was watching Spider-Man Homecoming. And then the girl in the movie that's a hijabi, she shows a bit of her hair. And I was like, oh, that's interesting Mm -hmm. that they chose that style. Mm -hmm. Because I thought it was a really uh, uncommon style. And then I started watching more and more American things. And I noticed that a lot of people in America show a bit of their hair. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Because in, in Holland, people would be really aggressive about, you know, no hair. Absolutely mm-hmm. no hair. Whereas I know that in the Middle East, it's more common to show a bit of hair. So it's 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 interesting, kind of, again, culturally, what people find more haram and what they find more halal, depending on where you are. Even though in Islam, it's, you know, pretty clear what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah. For yeah. the most bit. Yeah. And also, you know, going back to um, growing up in countries where like the majority of uh, Muslims were like of Arab um, background, something that I can tell for myself is that I learned what, um, for example, samosas were, I think, in my teens. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because I knew English. Learning English opens up a whole different world. Um. Yeah, because like, um, my word was so small. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, look at us right now. <laughs> look at us right now. Um, yeah, because my world was so small and then it suddenly got so big and there's so much I learned. And I also think um, that based on the majority of Muslims, then let's call them locals have a certain perception of us, like on how they imagine us traditionally. Because like, I feel like to Italians, um, Muslims are Arab. And then when they run to, into South e- Asians, they're like, what? Oh, you're Muslim yeah. too? I thought <laughs> you were either Buddhist or Hinduist, you know? Because that's how they connect things. And then, yeah, or like also um, when they ran into Indonesian 
tourist groups. What's happening? And they see like yeah, whoa. Asian looking women with, with a scarf. They're like, what? What is it's going so, on? It's so funny. The idea of what a Muslim is and how that differs geographically because again it's a religion and not an ethnicity yeah like if you go to france um muslims are from morocco tunisia and algeria Algeria. period that's why tiktok is so great because it empowers Muslims from various backgrounds. My One of my favorite accounts is Falafel Kimchi. Mm-hmm. So it's really great. He's a, a Muslim convert. And it just shows so many different Muslims, Asian Muslims, Black Muslims, Arab Muslims, Caucasian Muslims, so many people, you know, and connecting them and showing yes, that we have absolutely. this collective experience wherever we are. Personally, I think had I not been brought up in Italy, I wouldn't be like so conscious of colors trends and what i wear wanting it always to look like so fresh and fine like that thing you said (laughs) no it's fresh and cool you know just what i do um because yeah clothes here have a strong cultural meaning and what else and the food the food that's a thing that makes me that I don't think anyone else, I mean, if you're not like brought up here, you wouldn't be so obsessed with, you know, what goes where and how this should be cooked and that should be made and all that kind of stuff. I think that's very Italian. I think that's a stereotype. The only stereotype that it's true, that you might find Italians sitting at a restaurant talking about food or criticizing the food that they're eating. (laughs) A running joke with Dutch people is that we have no culture. Okay. I think it started with our current queen when she got married to our king and she is from Argentina. And she said something like Dutch people don't have culture. Oh, And okay. we have, you know, traditional dishes. and But it's just <laughs> one of our most famous <laughs> traditional dishes. One of the pinnacles of our culture is that we take food and we mash it and then we make a tiny little hole and then we put gravy in the hole and then we eat it. People have from other countries have been disgusted by me mashing food. I'm like, it's a Dutch thing. Don't don't look at me. Don't look at me. Leave me alone. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're, you, you're a nice person. You're okay. But we have waffles. It's fine. Yeah, waffles. Yeah. I can forgive you anything for waffles. Don't worry. And also coffee. Like, my thing with coffee... Café. Yeah, il café. That's, like, a big cultural thing. In the sense that... Um, I think in the back of the mind of each Italian, there's also, like, rulings on coffee. Like, you can have milk on your coffee until 12. Then, after 12, only kids drink milk. Um, it's just espressos and, you know. But it's not, like, a written rule. It's just in the back of everyone's mind. Yeah. That if you order cappuccino at like 4 p.m., they're going to be like, really? Okay. <laughs> Dutch people eat at 6 o'clock. On the dot. On the dot. Dutch people eat at 6 o'clock. And there's also this thing where if you want to stay for dinner, you have to tell them in the morning. If you are at their house at 6 o'clock, they will kick you out. <gasps> Even Holland. though I know in Italy, everyone eats together and it's this big thing. But in Holland, you're just like, you can go away. You didn't say you were coming for dinner and you're not having um, any dinner. I mean, here you, done, you don't have to say it in the morning. But 
clearly um you have to say it before like five or six what time do people eat in italy people usually have dinner here between seven well it depends from north to south you need to understand that this country is very diverse <laughs> literally like from north to south it, it's a different story what do you guys have for lunch mostly pasta i think yeah we have we just have a cheese sandwich because there are so many ways to make pasta and so different types of pasta that you know it's always different it's a it's a different experience every single day dutch dutch people just have a cheese sandwich just a cheese sandwich or like peanut butter we don't really we don't really have warm food in the afternoon we just only have warm food in the evening that's interesting no here it depends on the seasons to be honest because in summer people will probably have no warm food (laughs) Like it's it's out of the question. Yeah, we have n- we never have warm food, like never. No, here uh, there's quite a variety of what you can have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, it's quite colorful. Yeah, culturally speaking. Yeah, th- <laughs> very typical that our Ramadan podcast went from culture to food. It just shows that it's Ramadan. But food is culture because we eat three times a day, unless you're fasting. Exactly. Food is, you know, one of the most important things a culture can yes. bring to the table. Oh, that was a great joke. Oh, that was great. That so was great. proud of myself. That's great. Anyway, Sumi, close down the episode. Oh, I need to close down the episode. So, what about you? What is very particular about your experience as, you know, being brought up as a Muslim? Or as in, a convert. Leave us a comment, hit us on DMs. We would love to hear from you. And that was it for today for our show um salam alaikum and how should we say goodbye oh, we are uh, french au revoir, au revoir.